Well, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Kick and chase by Mullen. Kick and chase again by Mullen. Welcome back to the Racing and Sports Punders Pod on this Wednesday, the 1st of February. Jimmy Buckley with you just four weeks and one day out from the start of the NRL season, which is sneaking up on us faster than Josh Addo Carr after snaffling an intercept 90 metres out from the try line. Joining me in the studio to start our month-long preview of the eagerly anticipated 2023 season is the former Canberra Raiders, St George Illawarra, Catalans Dragons, Wakefield Trinity and New South Wales country halfback and racing in sports' own Sam Williams. Welcome, mate. Good to be back, Jimmy. It's always exciting when we get to that point of the year where we start doing previews and we all start picking our ladders and our best uh, bets for the year and then come October we're completely wrong. But <laughs> it's very exciting to be a part of it. And um, you know, it's, it, previously, you know, everything I thought was up in my head because you couldn't really talk about it, but... Now that the uh, professional boots are hung up, we can delve right into some of these markets. It is sneaking up on us quicker than normal, actually. We're starting a little bit sooner this year due to the slightly extended season, which, gee, I think it runs out to, what, 27 or 28 rounds now. Yeah, a little bit longer. I think the first weekend of March for the competition to start this early, it's, you know, that, that first month of football, it's going to be very, very hot. We don't always get there get in this early and there's been some games you know we all know what it's like in the, in that march month he can still hit 35 36 degrees so starting a little bit earlier teams are going to have to prepare for it and be ready to hit the ground running because if you're underdone you'll be found out very very early on you'd hate to be playing in townsville for round one but we'll get to that in a moment look uh, we're going to tackle five teams today on the podcast and we are going alphabetically which means brisbane canberra canterbury cronulla and the Dolphins, the new boys, sneak in there. So we're just going to jump straight into the Brisbane Broncos this year. They're $17 with Neds to win the competition, $8.50 to make the grand final, $1.70 to finish top eight, 4 bucks to finish in the top four, and $34 to record the most losses on the season. Bit of player movement, nothing too dramatic. They bring in Marty Tapao and Reese Walsh. They're the, probably the two big names. Uh, they've got a few moving on, including Jermaine Asako, Branko Leave, Tamari Martin, Tyson Gamble, Tyrone Roberts, Albert Kelly, Reese Kennedy. So a little bit of movement there for the Broncos. They showed some very promising signs, certainly in the first half of last season, before fading away and spectacularly missing the top eight. How do you think they're shaping up for 2023, Sam? Yeah, I think a side like Brisbane, they're always going to have a fair turnover of players because they have such a big base there in Brisbane and so many of those players play in the Queensland Cup and they come and they go and some of them come in mid-season and get their um, you know, get their jersey and play a few games but are often spending a lot of time in the Queensland Cup. So it's no real surprise there that some of those players have moved on. I think it's a, it's a really big test for some of the younger players. I think last year... They started the season so well and everyone was getting around the Adam Reynolds factor and how big a difference he made to that team. But when the when the torch was put on them, they didn't really live up to what they needed to do. And I think some of those younger players, they'll be much better for the run, there's no doubt about it. But the other thing about it is Kevy Walters is always under the pump and being such a big club in Queensland there, 
they've got to learn to deal with that. And last year probably was the first time some of these players had really had that blowtorch put on them. And I think it's a really big one. If they lose two or three on the trot, like most sides in the competition will at some point, how do they handle it? No doubt Kevy will be sacked every time they lose a game. So they're going to have to deal with the outside noise in the media, but they have enough talent there to do well. Fans have to deal with the Courier Mail every day. The um, interesting for mine, I think, is the signing of Reese Walsh, who showed plenty of promise a couple of years ago. He, he was hit with a couple of injuries there. What are you expecting from him? Once again, I think he's exactly what you know, Brisbane Broncos, the big question mark is about them. He's got so much potential and he's had so many good performances. He's had his poor performances as well. So it's going to be very interesting how long it takes to settle into that Brisbane team. His biggest asset is going to be Adam Reynolds inside him, controlling things and directing the park, or them around the park. So I think that's going to be a massive factor for him. I think his speed out the back of that block shape is as good as anyone in the competition. He plays the game fairly tough, and I think he's a good player. I really do. But once again, he's got a lot of expectation on him in arguably the, the hottest media market in the rugby league world. So if they lose a couple, how does Reese Walsh handle the pressure? And can he put it out of his mind and, and make sure he plays consistent football? Exciting prospect for him to step into that back line, which I think... When the Broncos' back line is in full flight, like we saw during the first half of last season, it's almost the best in the competition when it gets going. Whether they can maintain that over 28 rounds or whatever it is, uh, we'll see. One last one I'll ask you before I get some uh, potential wages for the punters out there. Marty Tapao. Now, can Kevy Walters turn Marty Tapao into a harder-working defender in the middle of the field, do you think? I think it's a really big question mark about about Marty at this stage of his career in that sort of heat. We just spoke about this competition starting early in March. And for someone like Marty, who's always been such a dynamic player, it's gonna he's going to need a really big month or two leading into the competition to make sure that he's fit and firing because they've got a lot of young forwards that need someone like Marty to try and set the platform and find the consistency for them. They need to they need to learn off him. There's no doubt, but there's a lot of good footballers there that are just um, in the waiting in the wings. Uh, Kobe Hetherington's another one who, you know, no, he's got a bit of an injury there at the moment, but he'll be pushing for a spot there week in week out. I think he's a wonderful footballer. So Marty's going to need to make sure that he's playing some good football and consistently to make sure he, he still finds his way into that 17. How do we approach the Broncos then from a punting perspective, Sammy? Where I'm going. Is um, I think Corey Oates is the top try scorer for the season. He'll be fairly short, but I think Reese Walsh is really going to enable him to have some room on the left. I think he's one of those finishers that if he can get within five metres of the line, he fairly regularly f- finishes it off and he, he, and he does score the try. Now, Reese Walsh, the way he plays, he plays so fast at the back, that centre and the winger need to come in and, and shut him down. So if they don't get that right, it really will open up the space for, for Corey Oates. The other thing is, I think Walsh will get his nose through the line a little more often, and he's a wonderful support player, he's Oates. So I think you'll see him scoring plenty of tries. And I thought last season he was fantastic. That was Some of the tries he scored was like a, a 19-year-old rookie. He was just, you know, he was horizontal at times and he was finishing them off in the air and I thought he had a fantastic season so that's where I think the play is for the Brisbane Broncos. There it is Corey Oates, top try scorer for the Brisbane Broncos, uh, just getting better with age, the rangy winger Let's move on to the Canberra Raiders 
who did make it through not only the top eight last year, but they made it through to the second week of the finals. They're $21 to win the comp with Neds, 10 bucks to make the grand final, $4.50 top four finish, $1.90 to finish in the top eight. And 21 bucks most losses. They've brought in a couple of players. Danny Levi from Huddersfield, very interesting. And uh, Pasami Saulo comes in from the Knights. They've lost... A few uh, solid names on this list. Josh Hodgson to Parramatta. I mean, he didn't play last year really at all. Adam Elliott to the Knights. That is a big loss. Charles Nickel-Clookstar to the Warriors. Harry Rushton, who never quite got going in the NRL, unfortunately. He goes back to the UK. Ryan Sutton goes to Canterbury. And the man singing across from me, Sammy Williams, goes to the Queenie Kangaroos. Huge news for Country Rugby League. In any event... How are they looking this year? Yeah, I'm not sure that they can handle losing that last player there, <laughs> Bucko. That's just irreplaceable, I like to think. Gaping hole. Uh, yeah, there are some big names there. And some of those players have been with the, with your squad. Let's say there was a few lean years previously. Um, it was coming out of a fairly tough period for the club. Ricky Stewart took over and he started to build his own squad. And a lot of those names have been part of that for, for a long time. And very influential. You know, Chance and Hodjo were probably playing the best football of their careers in 2019 uh, in the grand final year and people like Adam Elliott who had a massive year for the club last year as well I think he's such a big loss Ryan Sutton you know the list it it really is a big turnover for the year and there's going to be some real question marks asked about some of the young players one of those players you just mentioned losing chance it brings Xavier Savage into that number one spot and we all know what he can do he's as quick as anyone in the competition. He's just got so much youthfulness and you just can't coach speed. As much as people want to say that there's speed coaches out there, yeah, they might find you a little bit of extra, but you're not turning, you know, you're not turning a back rower into the speed that Xavier has. It's just not going to happen. So there's a lot of question marks about him. Can he stand up to the week to week brutality that is the NRL? There's not many sports in the world where physically and mentally you've got to be up every single week to be able to play your best and fullback's such a demanding spot so it's a really big one there um, Xavier's got to make sure that he has a, a really big off season and I think by all reports he has but you've got Xavier there you mentioned Danny Levi coming in those two are new to the spine uh, Jack White and, and Jamal Fogarty um, they're older heads they're really consistent players I think they'll bring the stability to the spine. But those four, you know, they need to make sure that they combine and combine well because there's a lot of players around them who will do a job. And, you know, you've got people like Elliot Whitehead who, you know, you'd you'd love to be on the front line with because he's just unbelievable, his work rate and what he brings to the club. But that little bit of X factor from players like Levi and Xavier, that that's going to be where the Raiders, you know, could be won and lost. Xavier been uh, training for the... Mr. Universe pageant two from the footage I've seen. He's lost the lost the top there a few times. It must have been windy over there at HQ. He had blew straight off. Um, you know, I've had a good look at some of them tattoos there of Xavier of late. <laughs> How do you think the dummy half rotation is going to work this season? It's a really big question mark. Um, I think all players there that we've mentioned, Danny Levi, uh, Zach Wolford and Tommy Starling, all three of them have their, their pros and their cons. I think they're different players, each of them. I think Zach brings the forwards onto the ball as good as any uh, hooker that we've got. Um, I think Danny Levi probably offers a little bit more spark than Zach at times. 
Um, he's got experience. He's played over 100 games in the NRL and, and also time overseas. He's also played for a Samoan side in a World Cup final. So he brings experience. And then Starlow's probably the X-factor out of the three coming off the bench. So the rotation's going to be interesting, but it is such a demanding position. Once again, the, the competition goes now upwards to 30 weeks if you're going to win the comp. So you're going to need all of them at times. You just hope that they stay fit, keep pushing each other and... If one of them happens to fall out of form or looks a little bit flat, there's plenty of cover there. And one last thing I might ask you about, something I'm a little bit, well, quite excited about, I think, is the development of some of these Raiders outside backs. So we saw the likes of Matty Timoko and uh, Sebi Chris have really strong seasons in 2022. We've also got, hopefully, the returns of uh, Harley Smith-Shields and James Schiller to look forward to, and they both look like uh, some exciting talents as well, Sammy. Yeah, there is there. There's plenty of... Plenty of uh, youth there, and I think we've seen over the last couple of years, you mentioned Matty Tomoko and um, Sebi Chris, who have both played a bit of football now. I think that they're only going to be better for the run, but this is often where it starts to become difficult as well. If you want to be a long-term NRL player, other clubs and opposition start to find out a little bit more about you. Your first season, no one knows anything about you. They don't know your strengths and weaknesses, but as you get it, start getting over that 50 games, clubs know more about you. And they can start planning towards some of your um, your strengths and weaknesses. So they're going to have to have a you know a really big off season to try and get themselves to another level. You can only you can only go so far on youth. Uh, I think there there's certainly a lot of uh, a lot of X factor there. Um, I've mentioned Matty Tomoko. I think he could have a massive year in in the try scoring market on the back of Jamal Fogarty on the inside of him. I think Jamal creates room on the outside really well. Uh, he's going to see a lot more football after having 12 months at the club. And I think Matty can be the real benefactor of that. The other one I'll quickly mention is Harley Smith-Shields. He'll, he'll probably come back through the reserve grade system, depending on how his body goes through pre-season. But he's as good an athlete as you'll find in the NRL. I can't wait to see him out there. And hopefully it's not too long until we do see him. He's a brilliant young player. I really like the look of him. And very strong defensively too, which I like to see in an outside back. How do we play the Raiders then from a punting perspective? Yeah, I, I reckon they're probably the one side where you can see different try scorers across the park. There's probably not someone who stands out where you think that they're going to score over 20 tries. You know, both Kotrick and Rapana are, have previously been up there. Rapper's another year older, so you know, you're probably losing a little bit of his speed. Uh, not, not to say that he won't be, you know, he's still definitely in that, top 17 because he's a, he's still probably the most competitive winger I've ever played with or against. Um, I love him as a player. I think he brings so much to it. But in terms of scoring multiple, multiple tries, he's got to stay in the park the whole year as well. He's getting a little bit older. So I think Matty Tomoko can can you know really put, put a lot of games together. I think his body's in really good shape. And if he can just keep kicking along and keep um, you know finding that form and improving with, with Jamal on his in, inside, I think he could be the Raiders' top try scorer. Yeah, well, he's sort of made that that right centre position his own now, and he's just he's a he's a brilliant player to watch. You know, full of full of beans and enthusiastic, and another one who's solid as a rock. You know, very hard hard man to tackle seemingly, and he doesn't tend to get ragdolled very much. But he's also solid defensively. Yeah, he's a deceptive player. He's stronger than you think. He's he's unbelievably well built. He moves really well, and I think he's probably now into. Now that third, fourth season where he's got a little bit more confidence and understanding of his own game, and I think he can take that to a new level. Rightio, moving on. The Canterbury Bulldogs, seemingly on the upward trajectory, and they've uh, they've signed particularly well. 26 bucks to win the comp. 
13 bucks to make the grand final, $5 to finish top four, $2.10, almost even money there to make the top eight, and 17 bucks to record the most losses. Have a go at some of these games. Reed Marnie comes in from Parramatta. Viliami Kikau comes in from Penrith after winning two straight grand finals. Ryan Sutton in from the Raiders. Then you've got uh, Andrew Davey, Franklin Pelle, and Jacob Preston. They lose a bunch of players too, including Matt Dufty, Jeremy Marshall King, Jack Etherington, Paul Vaughan, Brandon Wakem, Josh Jackson retired during the off-season. So a fair bit drops out there, but that's probably a good thing for Canterbury. I would have thought they're still very much uh, rebuilding and reworking this roster underneath Phil Gould. What do you make of the dogs this year? It's a hell of a clean-out, isn't it? Gus has come in and he's making his presence felt straight away like we thought he would. You know, he doesn't he doesn't accept mediocrity, Gus. He, he's such a big person within rugby league and another person who creates so much media attention. The person who I think can really bring the energy to the dogs this year on the back of some of them really good signings is Josh Adokar. I thought he was fantastic for Australia in that World Cup. And we just saw the sort of speed that was missed for New South Wales in the origin. And there was a lot of comparisons between the Australian side and the New South Wales side and why they won and lost. But just like Xavier Savage at the Raiders, you can't coach what he's got. He gets his nose through. He's often gone, and he's a fantastic finisher. He's a f- fantastic competitor. When you've got someone like Kikia running such a hard line on the inside, not not many halfbacks are going to be able to check and release and get off and get the fullback. And I think the big benefactor of all that is going to be Josh Adokar because he's just going to have that little bit more more room. And once he gets the footy in space, it's game over. Gee whiz, he's a, he's a lightning bolt, isn't he? And knows how to find that try line. He's the kind of bloke, too, that... I think his enthusiasm and energy can spread through that back line. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what Canterbury can do this year. Uh, Matty Burton's got that extra year under his belt, plus a bit of origin experience. And he's he's a likely player. He's developing into something very strong, I think. Kickout comes in, brings that premiership experience, like you say. I just like the way that they're reworking this team. I mean, $2.10 to make the top eight. Is that still a bit of a, a, bit of a stretch for 2023, do you think? I, I'd, I'm not playing it. I think it's still just too big a jump in one season to be able to get there. And we also, someone in that top eight has to drop out. And I really don't know who out of that top eight. The Raiders just made it through last season, scraping into you know the top eight. But I honestly don't see anyone in that top eight dropping out. I think it's just such a... I think all the sides up there uh, are either holding their form or getting better or if they are dropping a little bit they were so far above everyone else like Penrith that doesn't matter they're not going to drop out of the top eight so it's all good and well to say that the, that the Bulldogs will get in there but someone has to drop out so I don't know if the Dogs can do that big jump in just one year yeah fair enough how do you play them from a punting perspective this season well, I think the the obvious one is Josh Adokar to be the top try scorer you can get $7.50 about him to be the competition leading try scorer I think if he if he can put enough uh, enough games together, I think he I think he's going to have a massive year. I really do. Alex Johnson, we'll get to South Sydney later on. He he's the obvious one, but that that also relies on a little bit of his inside work as well. So I just think Josh Adokar can score so many tries from so many different places on the field that at seven dollars fifty, if he can stay fit, he's a good bet. Alrighty, Josh Adokar, $7.50 to be the leading NRL try scorer in twenty twenty three. Moving on. And still in the seas here, the Cronulla Sharks, who finished second 
through the regular season last year before going out the back door in the finals there. Ten bucks to win the comp with Neds, five dollars fifty to make the grand final, two dollars and fifty cents to finish top four, a dollar thirty six top eight, and fifty one dollars most losses. They are very similar on paper. Not too much to report there uh, other than Andrew Fafida and Aidan Tolman have retired. They're probably the main two that drop out of that side. Otherwise, fairly similar and looking to build on what was a much improved 2022. How do you rate the Sharks this year? They've got a wonderful coach there. He's done a fantastic job if it's given in the short time he's been there. And they're together another season. There's not some massive changes. They've probably brought a little bit more leg speed in with the retirement of Fafida and Tolman. Players like Jack Williams, who didn't play last season, or much last season because of injury, I think he's a brilliant young player and, and he's still he's fighting for that top 17 in himself. You've got players like McInnes, who likely comes off the bench, Dale Finucan. I think a couple of years ago, they were quite frail through the middle there. They had a lot of, a lot of middles who didn't move really well. They probably weren't, um, you know... And they'd be the first to say they weren't that good defensively through the middle. And I think over the last 12 months, they've recruited players that have really shored that up. You've got r- strong defenders, good leg speed. They can cover distance across the park. And I think that they're that's the biggest improvement that they needed to find. And I think they've done that. So um, I think they've got a really well-balanced team. There's plenty of points there. You've got superstars in there, Nico Hines. I, I think they're one of the more balanced sides with less weaknesses than, than a lot of others inside the competition. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, that you don't think there's going to be too much movement in the top eight. And I think you're probably right. And you could almost make a case and say there's not going to be much movement in the top four either. I mean, Cronulla, in theory, should be as good as they were last year, if not better. You mentioned Nico Hines there, the Dalian medalist. Plenty of strike power. Across the field, Jack Williams coming back in, hopefully to play the majority of the season, is huge news for Cronulla. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're tough. $2.50 to finish in the top four for mine seems like a fair bit of value when you consider that. There seems to be a perception around that maybe they'll drop away a little bit this year, but when you look at it logically, it's hard to see where they do drop away. How do you play this from a punting perspective? And that's the thing, Bucko. We've got the Sharks... You've got the Cowboys who have finished in the top four. But for me, I think the South Sydney Rabbitohs showed some glimpses at the back end of the season that they're getting better. I think Latrell being fit for the season. So there's an argument to say they push up. We saw the Roosters form at the back end of the season. There's an argument to say that they push up. There's teams knocking on the door of that top four. And and, and, we, and you're a brave person to ride off Melbourne as well. So there, there is going to be a big fight for that top four. I think you're... Now, if you want to take the $2 about them being top four, I think it's a fairly gutsy play, to be honest. I think a lot of things have still got to go right. And the other thing about it is last season, they went from becoming a side who was always thereabouts in the top, you know, the top part of the bottom eight, around that ninth, tenth. So a lot of the games, probably teams might have undervalued what they were coming up against. This year, they're going to be hunted. Teams have got them circled early on in the competition saying, all right, we've got the Sharks at, at Shark Park. We've got the Sharks. You know, they're, they're a good side. We've got to be up for it. So I think you'll you'll find that they're hunted, and it's the same as the Cowboys. They're going to be hunted as opposed to being one of the hunters. And that that's not easy, and that's not easy. And along, what comes with that is a lot of scrutiny as well. So, you know, it's a new challenge once you get to this new season, once you're finishing the top four, and it's going to be interesting to see the way they handle that. 
how do you play them from a punting perspective? Yeah, there's a couple of ways you can go. I think I think there's a lot of points in them, and they do it really well. Matty Moylan last year, I think, was at the top of the tree in um, try involvements, which is a massive effort for a bloke who's come back from the injuries that he's had. So if Matty Moylan can get himself going, the other player I think is in for a big year is Teague Wilton. I think he's knocking on Wade Graham's left edge starting back row spot. I think whenever he played there last year, he was brilliant. He really was, and I thought that he formed a really good combination with that Sharks left edge. So I think he's in for a big year, but the play is probably around Nico Hines, maybe as the top point scorer in the NRL. You can get about $15 for that, I think, Bucko. So we know there's points in them. You don't always have to be the very, very best goal kicker to be able to get that. He'll be involved with a lot of tries me around the ball. If they score lots of points, he's going to get a lot of opportunities to kick goals. So for me... Nico Hines, I think, could have another big year. And, and at $15, stays fit. He might just be the top of that tree. $15, a very good price. Moving on, the newcomers, the Dolphins, who round out the competition to 17 teams in 2023. $67 to win the comp in their first year. 34 bucks to make the grand final. $21 to finish top four. $6 to finish in the top eight and three bucks to record the most losses. They're the favourite in that market. That goes without saying. Wayne Bennett at the helm, the super coach. They've recruited reasonably well, I think, without landing an out-and-out superstar. How do you think they're going to go? It's, it's never easy coming in first year into a competition. The NRL hasn't given them any massive favours in terms of salary cap and things like that. So you know, they're going to have to earn it. They've got Wayne Bennett at the helm. Wayne... I think he's probably the big big name recruit that you're sort of saying that they didn't land. But Wayne's the one who can make things happen at a club and he doesn't accept mediocrity. He knows what it takes to get a team together and sometimes that's as much as keeping players happy and making sure that they're tight as a unit to get the best out of individuals to make sure that they play their best football. And Wayne knows that better than anyone in the game. So someone like Anthony Milford, for example, he has a good relationship with Wayne we all know what Milf can do. Once again, he's played in a World Cup final for Samoa, effectively playing you know, that controlling half with Jerome Luai playing six. So I think Anthony Milford's going to gain a little bit of confidence having Wayne at the helm. The other player I really like is Jeremy Marshall King, who I thought come on as a player last year for the Bulldogs. He's not the biggest number nine, but geez, he has a crack. And I think he's a wonderful example of someone who... He's slowly but surely building his game into to becoming that really consistently good hooker. I think the dogs are going to, you know, they've recruited well, the dogs, there's no doubt about it. But I think Jeremy Marshall King was really good for them last year and I think he'll do a really good job for Redcliffe again. What about that forward pack? You know, the Bromwich brothers are there, Felice Cafusi, Jared Wallace, plenty of experience. That's right. And all those players, they all play in pretty well every... Uh, every other NRL side in the competition. They're all fantastic, experienced NRL players. They know how to treat a pre-season. They know how to, what it takes to get their bodies right. Those Melbourne players who have been in the system down there know what it takes to win. So I think that a lot of that stuff is is going to be really important for them over a long season. The biggest issue for the Dolphins is going to be their depth. And, and we've mentioned before, to be in the competition to the last day, you're playing upwards to 30 games of footy in the year. And there's just so much luck that goes into a competition. This side really needs to have some some decent luck to make sure that they 
they don't lose some of these experienced players once again in their halves. They, they can't afford to be losing too much in the halves. And their outside backs are the same. So I really hope they stay fit. I think they they can really cause some big upsets. Their first couple of games at home in Brisbane and they'll have a point to prove. So it's going to be fascinating the way that their season plays out. I keep coming back to your suggested bet last week for round one against the Roosters. I think they're giving away 17.5 points or something like that against the Dolphins. You can only imagine that Wayne Bennett is going to have them Absolutely firing come round one. How do you play the Dolphins then from a punting perspective this year? The big, tall, stringy man on the edge, Edric Lee, I reckon. Uh, top try scorer for the Dolphins for the year. I think he had a really good year last year, Eddie. He's come back from some really tough and difficult injuries. He scored five tries in the game last year in a Newcastle side that wasn't exactly you know, the most threatening at times. They probably didn't create as much as they would have liked to him for him consistently but I don't think there's any real out and out try scorers I think he'll finish well on an edge he's really good in the air so if Milford and, and O'Sullivan who's got a really good kicking game can put it on the spot for him I think you'll see him score some tries in the air and I think he's um you know he's a good little bet there yeah makes a lot of sense so uh, from the top then the five teams we've had a look at this week grab a pen if you're wanting to Get some early NRL action. Sammy likes the Corey Oates to be the top try scorer for the Brisbane Broncos over 2023. He likes Matty Timoko to be the top scorer for the Raiders. He likes Josh Adekar at $7.50 to be the leading NRL try scorer this year. $7.50. Nico Hines at $15 to be the top point scorer in the NRL this season. And Edric Lee to be a top try scorer there for the Dolphins. The newcomers... The new kids on the block. Sammy, thank you very much, mate. We'll get you in next week. We'll be back Friday with Ken Rutherford to talk Big Bash. And until then, happy punting.